Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit our podcast page, biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to some Bible study resources and all of our previous episodes. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into this study. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the privilege of your word and of the opportunity that we have to study it in this forum. We pray, Lord, that you will help us, give us wisdom and understanding, guide us, so that the things that we say and do will rightly represent you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is entitled, Who Created Evil? Who Created Evil? And the passage that we have to read is from Isaiah chapter 45, verses 5 through 7. As always, we'll be reading from the King James Version. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Okay, so you're probably expecting this is going to be a short podcast, because after all, we just read a verse that says that the Lord makes peace and creates evil. But in fact, it's a lot more nuanced than you think. Let's go over to Isaiah chapter 45. Let's take a look at this this chapter. Actually, if you look at the word in that chapter, in that verse that says evil, if you look up that word, it's a Hebrew word called ra, okay? And it means a variety of things. It means bad, it means sorrow, it means trouble, it means um, affliction, it means adversity, it means calamity, it means displeasure. It's used in a lot of ways. If you search for that word, which is referenced in the concordance as Hebrew word 7451, H7451. If you search for that word, you're going to come up in the King James with approximately 623 verses with 664 matches. So sometimes it shows up more than once in a verse. And it means a variety of things. Now, it often means evil in the way that we expect. Often means evil. You find it in Genesis 6-5, which says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Right. So the word evil there is our our word H7451. Also in Genesis 13, 13, 
But the men of Sodom were wicked, that's where the word is, and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So the word wicked in English was the underlying Hebrew word that we've been discussing. Uh, Genesis 24:50. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing proceedeth from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee bad or good. And in this case, bad is H7451. But then we have other examples. Genesis 28, 8. It says, And Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father, and the phrase pleased not is where our word goes. So evil displeasure is really the the definition that's being used here. So it's not evil in the sense of malicious, etc., but it is displeasure. Also, um, 37, Genesis 37, verse 20. This is when the Joseph's brothers were about to mistreat him. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit, and we will say some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Now, it's interesting. You would think that that slay or one of the other words was it, but it's evil as in some evil beast. So that's where it gets, um, that's where it ends up in this passage. So sometimes the word is used in the sense of sheer wickedness, but other times it's used differently. Look at Obadiah's use of it. Uh, Obadiah chapter 1, verse 13 says, Thou shouldest not have entered into the gates of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, thou shouldest not have looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity nor have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Affliction is the word that it's translated to here, right? So not evil in the sense of wickedness, sinfulness, but pain and, and suffering nonetheless. Zechariah 1 verse 15 says, And I am very sore displeased with the heathen that are at ease, for I was but a little displeased, and they helped forward the affliction. So another time, affliction is used here. So let's go back to Isaiah 45. In Isaiah 45, we see the Lord presenting certain things. Now, if you look at the whole context of Isaiah 45... It, this is where, this is the proclamation of Cyrus and what he's going to do, right? Isaiah 45 verse 1 says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. Okay, so he goes on to talk about him and how Cyrus is going to do all of these things, and he emphasizes that he's doing it because he's God, right? And there's no one else. And then he goes on to say, I form the light 
and create darkness, right? Two parallel but opposite activities, right? I form the light and create, in this case, to uh, bring forth or to present or to um, show, form light, create darkness. And then here's, look at the corresponding bit. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do these things. So we can see in the first half of the parallelism, light is contrasted with darkness. The Lord is saying, I make things good and I make things less good, right? I can bring calamity and I can bring peace and restoration. So light and darkness. So when we see peace and evil, it's the same parallelism that's happening. What's translated here as evil is really the opposite of peace. So when the Lord, and again, what's the context of our chapter about so far? This is where we're discussing, or this is where the Lord is discussing, the bringing in of Cyrus, who is going to put an end to the Babylonian rule. So the Babylonians were brought in and allowed to, to accomplish what they accomplished because of the sinfulness of God's people. And the Babylonians would carry it too far, and God appointed another group to come in and deal with them. And Cyrus is the leader of the Medes and the Persians, and he's going to come in, and he's going to bring not peace, but war, right? He's going to bring conflict and and overtake Babylon. So this passage here, this verse out of this whole section, is not referring to sin in the abstract. It's not referring to righteousness and wickedness. It's referring to peacefulness and calamity. It's referring to light and darkness not in the sense of um, wickedness and righteousness, because James tells us that God is light and there's no variableness in him. There's no darkness, no shadow of turning. So we're not talking about moral light versus moral darkness. We're talking about happiness, cheerfulness, brightness versus darkness, sadness, affliction. We're talking about peace and general prosperity versus calamity and chaos and stress. That's what this verse is talking about. And the Lord says he can bring either of those, right? You can view them as, as a consequence. You can view them as judgment, as punishment. Um, we have done a podcast on that, and we want to be clear that God can do it either way. There are some times in, in history where the Lord simply allows things to happen. And there are other times where he initiates, establishes, guides, or otherwise directs things that are unpleasant as a consequence of what people have done or as a punishment for what people have done. Now, if we want to take a few moments to see where true evil started, let's head on over to Ezekiel chapter 28. In Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 14 and 15 in particular, that's where we're going to focus. 
the Lord through his prophet is talking to Lucifer. The Lord initially directs that message to the human agent, king of Tyre, through whom Satan is working at that point. But by the time we get to verse 14, you can see that he's speaking to Lucifer directly because it says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Right? A little earlier told us thou wast in the, the garden, the Eden of God. Right? So those are not places where any human agent of wickedness was. Right? As soon as Adam and Eve sinned, they were thrust out of the garden. So verse Ezekiel 28 verse 14 says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 15. Thou wast perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. When we're talking about moral righteousness, moral light versus darkness, when we're talking about, you know, absolute light versus darkness, when we're talking about truth versus lies, righteousness versus wickedness, purity and perfection versus sin, God is only the author of light, of purity of truth, of righteousness. When we're talking about whether or not there are calamities and, and distress, whether God allows disease, whether he sends tempests and storms, the ten plagues in Egypt, God directed them, right? These are not things that happened incidentally. They're not things that happened um, as a consequence of something. They're not like gravity, the Lord himself directed those activities and he used Moses as his agent for when they started and when they stopped. Okay. So when we're discussing um, peace versus war, stability versus, versus conflict, the Lord can be in that. It's not every battle that he is fighting in, but the Lord definitely fights in some battles and he, and you can read throughout the um, the early books of the Bible in particular, right, all up through Judges, Joshua, you can see that. And you can look at uh, Revelation 19, and you'll see the Lord mighty in battle. Okay, you can look at, at Revelation 14, and you can see that, uh, Revelation 12, rather, that there was war in heaven. So when we're dealing with absolute righteousness, versus wickedness, purity and truth versus lies and, and sin. God is perfect and has only ever made perfection. Even Lucifer, the epitome of evil, was created perfect. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created until iniquity was found in thee. Now the Bible does not tell us how much time passed, okay? But it's clear that he came off the presses, off the assembly line, perfect, until he 
corrupted himself. And we see that reference both in Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14. Lucifer corrupted himself. So don't be perturbed when we see Isaiah 45.5 because it is not speaking about evil in the sense of sin or unrighteousness. The contrast between light and darkness is the same contrast between peace and war, peace and, and conflict. Ezekiel 28.14 says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. May we take the time to dig into the words that are presented to us, dig into the context of the verses and the chapters that we are, that we find ourselves um, reading and studying, so that we will better understand what God is showing us. God is not responsible for the evil that has been done because that has been done by those who corrupted themselves. But he will fix it. He will fix it. Pay close attention to Revelations 19, 20, 21, and 22, among others. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the promises that are contained here. We ask you to help us that we will trust you. We ask you to help us that we'll recognize that you are true, you are righteous, you are above reproach, and you provide for us an opportunity to understand all of the things that have happened, why we have, why all of the, the negative things in the world occur, and what your plan is for fixing them. Please help us that we will dig into your word. Please help us that we will trust you. And please help us that we'll be confident that just and true are your ways, O Lord of hosts. Please bless us to this end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can find Rightly Divide the Word of Truth on Pandora, Amazon Music, Spotify, or wherever you normally obtain your podcasts. And be sure to check out the True Wisdom podcast, which I host with my brother. Please feel free to contact us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. Whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns, we look forward to hearing from you. If you're being blessed by these podcast channels, please take the time to share our page with others. And always keep our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study His Word.